Gracious God, open our hearts and our hearts and our minds to the love and the mercy that is ours in Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Open almost any Bible and you'll find the text broken down into chapter divisions. Those have been around for a long time. They're not original to the text, but they've been around a long time. And within those different chapter divisions, you will find sections. The chapter's broken down into sections, and above each section, you'll find a section heading, usually in boldface type. The translators add those section headings to kind of break up the text into more digestible chunks when you're reading it. For example, if you turn to Luke chapter 2, you'll find a section heading saying the birth of Christ. And that's true. Christ is born, it's mentioned in Luke 2, but just mentioned. It's a very brief description of the birth. Luke spends most of his time describing the consequences of Christ's birth, the ripple effects that it has in the community and beyond, even to our present day. The very first ripple we see in our gospel reading, the ripple occurs in heaven. In Roman numeral one, in your sermon outline, heaven's praise or heaven's worship is in evidence here. In letter A, the glory of the Lord breaks the darkness. It pierces the darkness. That's in verse 9. We read, an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, around the shepherds. The glory of the Lord shines not around Jesus, not around the manger, there's no halo around our Lord's head that we can tell. None is described. No, Jesus looks like any ordinary babe. No different. The glory shines upon those whom he redeems, the shepherds, and really you and me as well. 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah wrote these words, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will rest upon him. Letter B, we read that the heavenly host praise and glorify God for the birth of Christ. Now this host, the word in Greek for host is stratios. We get our word strategy from that. It's a military term. It, it, it refers to the army. This is the army of the Lord singing the praise of God in heaven for the birth of Christ. Verse 13 and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army. And what is God's army doing? God's army is dispelling the darkness. The glory of the Lord is overcoming the darkness around the shepherds. And how does that occur? Not through force of arms, not through a show of strength, 
but rather through a, pro a proclamation of the gospel, a proclamation of the good news, the birth of the Savior. The army of God goes on the offensive by announcing the birth of Jesus. Now, St. Paul tells us, the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. Christ's birth is gospel. It is good news for all people. But his birth does us no good unless we can hear of it. And that's the purpose of the proclamation. Martin Luther wrote this, quote, even if Christ had been born 20 times, it would have been in vain had we known nothing of it. That's how important God's army is in our gospel lesson for tonight. That's how important the proclamation of the gospel is every Lord's Day, every Christmas Eve, and beyond. That's because the real enemies we face are not other people, though we might like to think so. The real enemy is sin, including that sin that lives within you and me. And the only cure for that sin, that problem, is the Lamb of God born to take away the sins of the world. Letter C. Heaven's praise or heaven's worship always includes Jesus. It always does. Where God the Father is praised, the Son is praised. Jesus said in John's Gospel that all should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. And by honoring the Son, you honor the Father who sent him. Hebrews 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 says, Let all the angels of God worship him. Revelation chapter 5. All the host of heaven cry out, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Christ is worshiped throughout the New Testament, the Gospels, the Epistles, Revelation. And Earth's worship should always focus on Jesus because Jesus is, after all, the perfect expression of the Father's will. And therefore, Jesus is the bridge between heaven and earth. He is true God, begotten of the Father from all eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary. He alone is where heaven and earth meet. He alone is where heaven and earth overlap, mercifully, graciously. Therefore, wherever Jesus is the topic, wherever Jesus is the menu, there is God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. Roman numeral two, earth's echo, earth's echo of heaven. The shepherds, letter A, glorify and praise God for the birth of Christ. And note verse 13 of the gospel reading. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army. They're praising God and they're saying glory to God in the highest. 
And what do the shepherds do at the end of the gospel? In verse 20, we read, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. They echo heaven. Earth imitates heaven. And that is God's will. That is God's desire for all of us to reflect back to God what he's saying to us in his word. But all too often, earth does not sound like that. All too often, earth sounds little or nothing like heaven. Letter B, contrast earth's noise. The contrast here is between heaven's good news and the noise produced on earth. In Genesis 4, we read, after Cain killed his brother Abel, God said to Cain, quote, the voice, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You see, the Bible describes sin as something with a voice. Sin cries out audibly to God. Maybe not audibly to you or me, but audibly to God. When Cain murders Abel, he destroys not only Abel, but all of his descendants as well. Literally in the Hebrew, the verse reads like this, the voice of your brother's bloods, plural, bloods, cries out to me from the ground. The rabbis would say that's a reference to Abel's descendants as well as to Abel. They've all been wiped out. That's the outcry of sin, the noise. In Genesis 19, God speaks to Abraham, quote, the Lord said, the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great because their sin is very grievous. I will go down now and see whether they've done altogether according to the cry which has come up to me. And if not, I will know. To God, sin equals noise. Not a pleasant noise, but an outcry, a cry for help. And finally, in Isaiah 5, verse 7, we read this, For the vineyard of the Lord of armies is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his delightful plant. So he waited for justice, but behold, there was bloodshed. He waited for righteousness, but behold, there was a cry for help. Too often, the sounds that God hears emanating from the earth sound less like heaven and more like hell. It is the noise of self-centeredness, of self-promotion and pride. It is the noise of indifference toward those who are in need. And whenever we ignore the real needs of others, there is an outcry a cry for help that's audible to God, if not to us. A cry for justice, for vengeance, for a redress of the wrongs we have committed. 
the blood of Abel cries out for vengeance. But there's another cry, not an ominous one, but a gracious one. The blood of Jesus cries out for our pardon. Hebrews chapter 12, this is written, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. A better word. The blood of Jesus speaks a more merciful word, a gracious word, in contrast with the blood of Abel. The words of the hymn, Abel's blood for vengeance pleaded to the skies, but the blood of Jesus for our pardon cries. The blood of Jesus speaks not of vengeance, but of pardon. His blood cries out not for our condemnation, but rather for our justification before God by faith in Jesus Christ. It's amazing to me that it was our sin that made his death necessary. He's born to die, and yet his blood cries out not for vengeance, but for pardon. And because of his finished work, you are already forgiven. You're already pardoned. That happened at the cross 2,000 years ago where God there stopped counting your sins against you, according to St. Paul. And when you believe that good news, that forgiveness becomes your personal possession. But it's there for you, whether you believe it or not. It's for you. That's the doneness of it. That's the goodness of it. Letter C. Christ's birth and death unite heaven and earth in peace. And that's really what's going on in this birth narrative of Jesus. It, it's, the, it's the uniting of heaven and earth around him, around Christ. The angels praise and glorify God at the birth of Jesus. And, and notice this, when Jesus rides into Jerusalem to die on that Palm Sunday, He's completing his earthly ministry to die for the sins of the world. And what do the people cry out? What the angels are saying this evening. They cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They praise God. You see, the people echo the angels as Jesus approaches the cross, heaven and earth unite around Jesus. Now we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. When we believe what heaven is saying to us, concerning Jesus, and when we confess, that, when we reflect back with our lips that truth that heaven announces. And that's really all that true worship is. It is faithfully saying back to God what he has first given us to say about his son, 
God's will is accomplished on the earth when we echo what heaven has revealed to us concerning Jesus. We do that in our hymns. We do that in the readings. Hopefully we do that in the message. We reflect back what he's given us to say. That's God's good and perfect will for earth. We reflect the music of heaven. When our focus is Jesus, not just Jesus the prophet, though he is a prophet, not just Jesus the founder of a great world religion, though he is that, not just Jesus the great moral teacher, as many believe he is, and he is, but that's not all he is. No. We echo heaven when our focus is Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. His blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. That's the Jesus who is worshipped in heaven, and when we worship that Jesus, we are no longer noise. When we worship that Jesus, we echo heaven. And God's will is done on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, amen.